sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. My name is Mark Crutcher, as you heard, and I'm joined by the usual suspect, Sarah Waits. Hello, everyone. Sarah, we just got yes, a report out on the effect of the Senate Bill 8 in Texas. Let me guess, women across the state are in the gutters, right. dead. Dead. There's dead women everywhere. their essential human right of abortion has been stripped. Right. Is that what you're about to tell me, Mark? No, we haven't had to step over the dead bodies of women yet. Even Thank though goodness. the abortion rate has plummeted in Texas by 60%. Wow, 60%. We're not seeing, of course, what the abortion industry always threatens, mm-hmm. which is that women are going to be killed by the gazillions if yeah. abortion's made illegal. And, of course, one of the points I always bring up here is if they don't want to see women dying from illegal abortions, then don't do them. Mm-hmm. Remember, it won't be pro-lifers who are doing illegal abortions. It'll be pro-aborts. Yep. So if you're so concerned, then really in your own people, don't be trying to blame us for what you might do. But the fact is, we're not seeing here in Texas with a 60% drop mm-hmm. in the abortion rate. And I suspect it's more than that because I don't think these numbers where they're getting them from other states... I think the pro-aborts in those states are pumping the numbers. Could be more, could be less. We just don't know. But the fact is, the abortion mills here in Texas mm-hmm. have had the rug jerked out from under them. Yeah. And their big profit margins are going away. But anyway, I haven't heard of one instance of a uh, woman dying because of this SB8, which we were told that's what would happen. Much to the chagrin of the abortion industry, because you know they would love to have this oh, they'd splashed like have, as the front page news. They'd like to have 25 dead bodies right now that they could drag out and put on television in Dallas. Instead, they're resorting to talking about how women have to travel across state lines and the injustice of that. Right. So Another lie that the abortion industry's t- always told is how when women are denied abortions, they will crawl through hell on broken glass to get one. Well, obviously that's not true if the numbers have plummeted by 60%. Yeah. Anyway, another thing that we have seen this week is uh, the Biden administration has put together what they call a Reproductive Health Care Access Task Force. And I think it's ironic that they announced this the day before the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Well, sure. I think that's kind of a big middle finger to well, they're grandstanding. pro-lifers. Yeah, they're grandstanding. Mm-hmm. But when you read about what they're doing here, it reinforces something that we've said here for years. I wrote about it many years ago, that one of the hidden goals of the abortion industry is to have Planned Parenthood brought into the federal government as an agency, probably under the Department of Health and Human Services. They want to bring this organization into the government. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this stuff that this task force is doing, it looks like they're laying the groundwork. It also says that HHS Secretary Javier Becerra, which we did an episode talking about him and his past, and I'll put the link to that in the description. But he has directed each agency underneath this plan in the HHS to prepare a plan outlining measurable actions they can take to bolster access. And it also says these actions include identifying and eliminating any existing policies or barriers within federal programs and services. Yep, I'm telling you, I've been saying this for years. They're laying the groundwork to bring Planned Parenthood into the federal government 
as an agency under Department of Health and Human Services. And that, they're also laying the groundwork to potentially find a way to circumvent or even just eliminate any laws that get in their way. Yep, that's right. That's what this is all about. You, you cannot kill enough babies to satisfy these people. There's no way you can satisfy them until, unless you're killing every baby. You know, I, you hear these government programs, no child left behind. Mm -hmm. The Democrat response to that is no child left alive. And that's what all this is about. They can say they're pushing choice or supporting women, whatever they want to claim. But the fact is they're pushing abortion. This is about pushing an agenda. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Another thing we're seeing is they say that because of these restrictions that are going on around the country, mm -hmm. especially in Texas, Ms. Magazine had an article, People Are Getting Creative obtaining abortion pills online. And in case people don't know, in December, the FDA permanently lifted the long-standing in-person distribution requirement for mifeprostone, the abortion pill. So that means that women now can get it through the mail or online unless their state specifically has laws preventing that. And what they're saying here is even in states where there are prohibitions against it, Mm -hmm. There are ways to work around that. And some of these ways that they're proposing... Oh, they're shady. They're shady as they can be. And they're borderline and, illegal, if not illegal. And you know not safe. This, When I was reading this article, it reminds me of what you told me about the women on waves who were using the little fishing boats who right. were sitting in international waters outside of countries where abortion is illegal and doing abortions on this little rickety fishing boat. Yeah, it's an old trawler. <laughs> yeah. Which nothing says, ooh, that's a great idea, than right. looking at that boat and saying, yep, that's where I'm going to get my abortion from. Yep, I'm going to go out there and let these women on drugs uh, <laughs> give me an abortion out here on the high seas. But uh, this situation with them ordering these pills online, this is just one more gigantic leap away from mm -hmm. the original clinical trials that legalized RU-46 to begin with. Yeah. And what you saw was they used certain parameters to make it legal under the Clinton administration. The Clinton administration rushed it through. Mm -hmm. They put it on what was called the fast track to get it on the market quicker. And they had all these clinical trials where they had certain restrictions. For example, all the women that took abortion pills during the clinical trials were required to have sonograms. Mm -hmm. Um, all the women had to live within 20 miles of an emergency trauma center. They required the full dosage that the manufacturer recommended, which was 600 milligrams. Mm -hmm. They had all these requirements during the clinical trials. The day that the clinical trials were over, all that went out the window. Once it got put into actual practice, they were putting them out in 200 milligrams instead of 600 milligrams. Shocker, because that means a bigger profit margin for There's them. a bigger, much bigger profit margin. You can third your cost of the stuff to start with, plus you increase the number of times it doesn't work, which means then you get to sell a mechanical abortion. Anybody who doesn't think that these people are operating a business instead of an organization to help women is deluding themselves. Well, let me tell you something. Most businesses would not operate in a way that knowingly puts women's lives at risk. And I'll just give you mm -hmm. one example of how they're doing this. You know, I always said that what these people would like eventually is to have a situation where abortion pills were being sold in bubble packs down at the 7-Eleven store. And people thought I was nuts. Well, that's where we're headed. That's what this is all about. But let me just give you one small example of the risk that's being done here. One of the reasons that sonograms were required is 
to protect women who may be having a tubal or ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Which but, Let's go ahead and describe what that is for somebody who may not know. Well, it's where the fertilized ovum or fertilized egg mm-hmm. attaches not in the uterus, but in the woman's fallopian tube. Mm-hmm. Which can be a very dangerous situation. Well, it's most often fatal. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first things that happens when a woman goes and she has a positive pregnancy test and her OBGYN is going to make sure that the pregnancy is in the uterus and not in the fallopian tube because she can die from that. That mm-hmm. can rupture and she can die quickly. Let's say you have an ectopic pregnancy or a tubal pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And you order, are you 46, of these abortion pills, mifepristone, mm-hmm. whatever. And you get this in the mail and you take it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't end the pregnancy that's in the fallopian tube. So you're still pregnant. That fallopian tube then ruptures and mm-hmm. you bleed out and die. Let me ask you a question. Why wouldn't it end a pregnancy that's in the fallopian tube versus the uterus? It may or may not. The thing that I read back during the clinical trials was that the incidence of it not ending the pregnancy mm-hmm. go up with tubal pregnancies or ectopic pregnancies okay. over normal pregnancies. So this is something that the data shows, okay. Yeah, they've known this for years. Mm-hmm. This also applies, by the way, to conventional mechanical abortions. Oh, well, yeah. We've had cases that we provided litigation support on years ago. A woman goes into an abortion clinic, she has an abortion, which by medical terms is just emptying of the uterus. Mm-hmm. But let's say they don't do a, a sonogram afterward or they don't make sure that they've got all of the material out. And let's say she's still pregnant with an ectopic pregnancy mm-hmm. and she drops dead a week later. That's a death caused by missed abortion. And that's the way the CDC used to count it. Mm-hmm. It was a death attributed to a missed abortion. But after abortion became legal, they started having so many of them mm-hmm. that it reflected badly on abortion. So they changed it and didn't count it as a death due to a missed abortion. But the biology hasn't changed. So you still have that potential out there. And right now, when you start selling these abortion pills online mm-hmm. or in a bubble pack down at the 7-Eleven store, you're going to increase the number of times that this happens to these women. The other problem you may have with this is you don't know where the pills are coming from. So you don't know what kind of manufacturing oversights have been in this deal. You don't know where it was produced. You yeah, know, you oh, know yeah. nothing about this drug. I mean, how many of us would take drugs with dubious origins on anything else? Yeah, well, I mean, if you went and bought aspirin mm-hmm. and it looked on the bottle and it said, we're not going to tell you where this came from, mm-hmm. you wouldn't take that. Yeah. But the abortion industry is not worried mm-hmm. about this problem with no sonograms on these over-the-counter abortion pills. The woman may be dead, but they're not worried about that. What they would worry about is if that was then attributed to the abortion pill, but it won't be because nobody's going to know what they're going to say is, and and you watch this, if we don't see a rise in the number of deaths due to ectopic and tubal pregnancies, Mm -hmm. and a very high percentage of those are going to be women who'd had abortions that were unsuccessful and had tubal pregnancies and the tubal pregnancy ruptured and they died. But the abortion industry is not concerned about that because it will not reflect back on on them on them mm-hmm. because nobody will know. Yeah. The other thing I think we need to mention about this article that Ms. Magazine writes is that their quote, quote, authority for all of this is a pro-choice organization who tells people on their website how to circumvent state laws. And some of them, I mean borderline probably illegal. So you can't say this is caring about women, but they talk about women using shady virtual mailboxes 
to have the pills sent to in the states where it's legal, then have it forwarded to them, or talking about having it delivered to a post office that in a state on the state lines where it's legal, and then picking it up. And whenever the abortion clinic asks them what their address is, because they're required to only provide this to women in their state, telling them to lie to those abortion clinics. Oh, they would. No, telling people to lie? I can't imagine that they would lie. I mean, yeah. I, I've never seen them do that before. So you can't tell me that this is not shady stuff. And for this to be called journalism and printing stuff like this, I mean, it's just... It's, it's outrageous. It's, it's outrageous. Well, you've got another similar <laughs> situation. You know, the longer you're in this, the wackier stuff you see. And it's not just the uterus hats that the pro-choice side wears. There's a new trend out, and I wrote about this in our Pro-Life Voice newsletter, and I'll put the link to the article, because I put it on the internet so people could read it, but also I'll put a link to sign up for the Pro-Life Voice, and if you have not signed up for that, you really need to. But there's a trend out on college campuses for Plan B, or what they call emergency contraception, and vending machines. Which is an abortion. Well, it can prevent pregnancy, but it also can cause abortion. Right. It depends on where you are in your fertility. It's kind of like birth control. It may prevent pregnancy or it may cause an abortion. But how many of the women and the girls in these schools taking this stuff? Yeah, don't know that. Realize that, mm -hmm. they, hey, you may be having an abortion yeah. when you take this stuff. Again, it's the bubble pack at the 7-Eleven mentality. Mm -hmm. And they're putting this stuff in vending machines. Like you would sodas or Doritos. And if you think that this is just maybe one or two campuses, you would be wrong. Right now, at least 14 universities have jumped on board. There may be more, and I know that there's one coming in the summer of 22 at Tufts University. So this is not just a couple of schools. This is, includes Stanford, Columbia, Brandeis, Purdue. So these are not just random colleges. Right. And this is coming out of the student's pocket because the university has got to usually pay for machines like this. Now, they may be stocked by the company who provides the drugs, but the machine cost itself is going to be paid through with student dollars. Pro-life students are paying for this. Pro-life parents may be paying for this. Are being forced to pay for it mm -hmm. through student activity fees. Not only that, but the cost of the drugs are often reduced in these machines. Well, now we have a situation mm -hmm. in Illinois, the Edu Emergen Emergency. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it. I know it's a really weird name. Edu, Edu Emergency Contra Contraception Bill HB 4247. It's a mouthful. Yeah, and it requires at least, at least one vending machine on public college campuses or universities to offer emergency contraceptives. It also requires that they be offered at a reduced price. And this will be every college campus. Public college campus, Public yes. college campus in Illinois. Mm-hmm, that's correct. Will be required to have a vending machine with Plan B or morning after pills or Ella whatever, or whatever, whatever the, you want to call them. Yeah. There's several generics out there now. You know, Illinois is becoming as liberal, if it hasn't already always been, I didn't realize that, mm -hmm. but it's becoming as liberal as California and New York. Mm -hmm. um, these people are out of control. But you're going to see the pro-aborts doing more and more things like this. Oh, yeah. In fact, there is a organization called the American Society for Emer Emergency Contraception. There's another mouthful there. And they have a campaign called Emergency Contraception for Every Campus, known as EC4EC, because that makes it more easy to remember. And this is run with the assist of college students. One of the student advisory board members, Joe Morganelli, 
was one of the ones who was looking at putting a machine in Maryland. But at the time, Maryland law prevented the sale of those kind of drugs in the vending machines. And guess what happened? The law was changed, opening the door. And in fact, Planned Parenthood wrote in one of their newsletters, the Winter 2020 newsletter, that their campus organizers were working with Planned Parenthood Generation Action Fund chapters, which is their youth programs on college campuses, mm -hmm. in order to get those kind of vending machines at Bates and Maine College of Art. This is gonna sweep across the country, you watch it. Because they're gonna to try to replace the income they're losing. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna see this really ratcheted up if the Mississippi mm -hmm. situation overturns Roe or something happens with the Texas deal that overturns it and other states start preventing abortion, which will happen, by the way. Yeah. You're gonna see these people, they're gonna say, look, if we're losing business in all these states, mm -hmm. then we've gotta increase business in the other states. Yeah. Or else we're gonna go out of business. And this will also ratchet up the effort by these people to do what we talked about earlier in the show and we've talked about for years, and that is to make Planned Parenthood an agency of the federal government. I still think, now I may be wrong, I may be crazy as a drugstore rat here, but I still think that at the base of all of these things, of all of these issues, is that issue. Underlying all the rest of them is the effort to bring Planned Parenthood into the federal government. When I was doing the research for this article, when I would look and see which college campuses had these machines on campus, you know, time after time behind it, you would find Planned Parenthood and NARAL behind these machines. Now, I'm sure that there may be cases where that's not true, but most of the ones that I found, that was the case. And in fact, at Brandeis, the student group Brandeis Pro-Choice received a $5,000 grant from Planned Parenthood Generation Action to fund their vending machine and cover the cost of a year's supply of Plan B. I'm telling you where this is headed and mm -hmm. the pro-life movement better be paying attention to this. Because it could be coming to your college campus and yep. you know the parents who pay for these tuition or the students, if you're like me who is on student loans who are paying this out of your pocket eventually, you're paying for this. Yep. And for the abortion industry, this is a business. And if you think I'm wrong, in Stanford, they had one installed in 2017. By 2019, they were planning to install a second one because, quote, due to student demand, meaning that right. there's enough sales to generate a second one. In the same article that mentions this, it says that Vingo Lab, so the one that did provide the machine or you know stocks the machine for Stanford, also stocks emergency contraception in a machine at Columbia University. But sources state that the machines were well received but haven't gotten much use. So in other words, no plans for expansion on those. No, it's because it's about money. Let's say you were in a legitimate vending machine business. Yeah. Where you sold, you know, Fritos and Hershey bars and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If you put machines in a place and nobody bought them, yeah. you, you wouldn't put them there again. No. Mm -mm. You'd put you them certainly somewhere wouldn't else put a second machine. You'd go back and get your machine and put it somewhere where it had a market. That's what this is about. They have got to get this stuff marketed. But again, I want to say this make sure people understand it. I think that undergirding all of this is the effort to bring Planned Parenthood into the federal government as an agency under Department of Health and Human Services. I think it's just, when you start looking at it, you can't come to any other conclusion that I can see anyway. Like I said, I may be nuts. but I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them, but at the very same time, regardless of that, this all stinks. You know, really and truly, the ones who are going to be suffering the consequences of this is going to be women. 
None of this is for women. It's about money and the women are going to be the ones who are going to be suffering from any complications or later on down the road realizing they may have had an abortion. The emotional fallout from all of this, that's going to be on the women. Well, I'd love to be able to get one of these people in front of us who's working day and night to get RU46 over the counter and telling people that here's how you can get them sent to your house and if you can't get them sent there, you can get this fake post office box and we'll help you and here's, mm -hmm. you know, all these things that they're doing to get these pills to these women. I'd like to ask them, just tell me very quickly, what are you doing to prevent the possibility that the woman who takes this has got an ectopic pregnancy and is at risk of dying because she's still pregnant? What are you doing to address that issue? Well, here's And I guarantee you the answer is they're not doing anything. You know, the interesting thing is if you work at, say, a bar and you provide too much alcohol to someone who's clearly intoxicated and they get in a DWI accident and someone is killed, yep. in some states that person can be prosecuted. You know, it's hypocritical to say we're going to have laws over here about alcohol but not have any laws over on the other side where, you know, they're helping getting these women drugs of shady origin and the woman dies, no consequences for them. That certainly makes sense in light of the, what you're saying, like the laws, for example, here in Texas, if you're a bartender and you serve, you know, mm -hmm. 25 drinks to some guy at night and he's drunk every time he orders one and then he goes out and kills somebody, you're on the hook. Dr. Ballou, the guy who created RU46, the mm -hmm. French doctor, he said, it is outrageous to think about dispensing RU-46 by anyone other than a physician. He said this stuff should never be put out there except under the guidance of a physician. And now they're talking about, oh, we'll help you get this post office box that we can send this stuff to so you can get it under the table. You know, it's an industry that's all about optimizing their profits. And the other elephant in the room on this deal is that they're having a hard time staffing abortionists. Yep. A lot of people don't want to work in the abortion industry. And this deal of getting all these pills and stuff through the mail or online, all of that reduces the amount of staff that they have to have. Yep. So, all right. Well, we're out of time. You got anything else? If you like the episode, make sure you leave a rating or review. I'll have the link to do that in the description. Your rating and review really helps encourage people who stumble upon the podcast to give it a chance and listen and get this important information. Absolutely. Anyway, that's all the time we have. I'm Mark Crutcher, and until next Thursday, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm -mm, we're here to win. Because winning is how the killing stops. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye, guys.